Well, Razorback fans, we know that the signing class is pretty much set. Arkansas is still going into the transfer portal. But the thing is, is that they still have a bowl game to play next week against Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. And we're going to talk all about it and give a great preview on today's edition of Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode of Locked On Razorbacks is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Arkansas and Kansas coming up on the ESPN family of networks. And you can check it out on Sling TV. Sling TV, the TV you love for a price you love. We know Arkansas and Kansas hasn't been talked about a whole lot because of the crazy portal and recruiting season, but we're going to dive into it and give you a great preview. And there's no better person to have on the podcast to talk more about it than someone who's actually going to be on the broadcast itself there on ESPN. And it is Taylor McGregor of ESPN and sideline reporter. And Taylor, I know we've had you on the podcast before, but it's good to have you back on. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. I'm so excited to call this game. I had gotten the game assignment prior to finding out it was going to be Arkansas, Kansas. And so when I ultimately found out this was the matchup, I could not be more thrilled. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, because you, of course, going to the University of Arkansas, and and this is, I guess, your first time you've ever been on a broadcast team of any sort of Arkansas event, right? The first time. It's crazy. I've just been dying to get on an Arkansas game. Um, I think I told you I was supposed to do the spring game in 2020, and that got canceled, and I have just not lucked out enough to be on a call for a game. So it's finally here. I'm so pumped. And, you know, on the flip side of that, I had Kansas – once this year and and they're a great story as well you know they didn't have quite the finish that they wanted to the season but hosted college game day they're going bowling for the first time since 2008 so there's a lot there too as well so I'm super pumped yeah because I guess when you're saying that you were excited when Arkansas got put into the Liberty Bowl you may have been the only uh person who maybe went to Arkansas or was a Razorback fan or whatever that was excited about getting put into the Liberty Bowl considering the loss to Missouri but still it's still fun to uh, to be able to go back to Memphis and also have a little bit of a unique matchup because Arkansas went to the Liberty Bowl, I guess, in 2015 in that season and also back in the 2009-2010 uh, year where it was freezing cold. So they've been to the Liberty Bowl a few times, but they haven't really played Kansas. So I think that even though Kansas has been so bad in football for a long time and then to finally have a year where they're bowl eligible – and, you know, Arkansas obviously had a lot of expectation, but didn't go to the get to the point where they wanted to. It still makes for a thing where people are interested in just because these teams have really never met before, at least on this stage, too. 1906, I think, was the last time that the two squads mixed up. So it'll be fun. And, you know, it's always sort of a preview of what's going to happen next year. And especially with Arkansas now that KJ Jefferson is coming back, it's kind of time for him to step up into who he wants to be next year and really take control of this team. And, you know, a lot of the young guys in the linebacking core, you will see get action for Arkansas. So I think that's something to look forward to. Of course, everyone always wants to know about the secondary and the secondary play, and they'll certainly be tested. So there's certainly things you can look at and say, okay, this sets it up for next year. And I think any Razorback fan is excited and interested in that. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's at least that element too, where not only are you playing a unique team, but you're also, you know, in Memphis, it's you know two hours from Little Rock roughly, and uh, I think it's like four and a half, five hours from Fayetteville, so it's really close by. It's pretty convenient to get to, and I still think that there is an element to where even though they didn't have the season, or at least where most fans were hoping for, to finish the season seven and six. As weird as it may sound, though, it, it it's like a huge difference between seven and six and six and seven, because then you go from you had a winning season to you had a losing season. So even though it may not be the matchup or the, the glamorous bowl that Arkansas fans were maybe hoping for or expecting, there's still an element of why you need to really perform well in this game and incentive to because, again, you it's the difference between having a winning season and a losing season. It's the cliche of ending on a positive note. And there's so much realness in that. And especially, I think, with what happened within the confines of this Razorback program this year, where negativity at times infiltrated everything that was happening. And so it's so important now that they've made some changes to the coaching staff and, you know, they're bringing in a ton of transfers. They have this new signing class. It's now time to sort of turn the page and begin this next chapter in Razorback football. And I think the most important thing that they need to do is start focusing on the positive and learn how to get rid of those negative, you know, those those negative issues. And winning a bowl game will certainly help kickstart that. And it's also weird because just bowls in general, like with the with the transfer portal and now with uh, you know, signing day and coaches leaving, it, you know, it's chaotic over the past two weeks. But mm-hmm. You know, this bowl game, we kind of are the ones we were talking about it, but just bowls in general, there's a lot of teams that you don't, we don't know what it's going to look like. Like for Arkansas, for instance, we know KJ Jefferson's going to play, we know Rocket Sanders is going to play, and like a few others, but it's like the wide receiver group. Matt Landers is playing, but you have guys out there that a lot of Razorback fans may not have even heard of that are going to have to play because of guys entering into the NFL or transfer portal or whatever. So that's always a fascinating thing to where. You see the team like, oh, well, this team should beat this team. But if you don't take into account the amount of players that they're going to be without that they had during the regular season, that can make uh, a lot of these bowl games, maybe even this one in particular, pretty chaotic and really hard to predict, too. I think it's what you saw last year with Arkansas facing off against Penn State. I mean, Penn State had four players go in the top two rounds, all of which sat out of the bowl game. And so you thought, OK, you know, Arkansas certainly had the advantage. Now, obviously, Traylon Burks didn't play. But he was really the only guy who went high up. So four to one, I will, I'll take the Arkansas odds there. So you just never know what to expect in these bowl games. And with the extra practice and some turnover in the staff, you know, maybe you see things. Arkansas has a, you know, a new defensive play caller. And so maybe there's some things that you haven't seen them do a ton this year that you could see in this bowl game. So there's always uh, certainly anything can happen in these games. Yeah, I'm, I'm. That's what again makes it fun, mysterious to where I could Arkansas blow them out, maybe could Arkansas lose this game, maybe. But that's what makes it so much fun to uh, to preview and talk about. But it comes down to me, of course, with the Razorbacks about KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders because we know how great the running game was for Arkansas. Rocket had a phenomenal year, one of the best year, years you'll have as a Razorback running back, and then KJ still a very elite quarterback. They've had time to heal and, you know, after the regular season and kind of get back to it. So would you say that that's kind of the key in this game for either team and just for the game itself? Is is it KJ Jefferson? Is he the X factor? Is it just the rushing attack? Like what's the thing 
in this game that will make or break and decide who wins and who loses in this one? I think the rushing attack, you nailed it. I had Kansas against Baylor and their rushing defense, one of the worst in the Big 12. And so certainly something that Arkansas can expose there. And on the flip side of that, I would say Kansas's passing attack is Arkansas's secondary good enough to be able to slow them down. So those are the two things I will be watching. And um, again, there's always creativity in bowl games I think Kansas's defense when we had them against Baylor they wanted to be more multiple but you've seen them just be sort of basic so maybe you know with a couple weeks and sort of turning the flip to the script to next year are they going to do things that Arkansas hasn't seen on film and maybe that slows down the rushing attack and vice versa so yeah I would say the rushing attack for Arkansas and the passing game for Kansas are two of the things that I'm watching well, yeah, and so that's kind of going to lead me into my next question, too, because I'll be honest, I have not watched much Kansas football this year, and I know that you talked about that you actually went and covered a, a Kansas football game and, 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 of course, been previewing them and everything. So what is the thing that Arkansas, I guess, should be the most concerned about? Like, what is the thing that Kansas can do really well that could end up impacting Arkansas and having Arkansas lose this game? Is there anything specific that they do that they have a strength that could be utilized? I think their offense and being able to move the ball downfield and just Arkansas all season has struggled in the secondary. You have a, a young linebacking core. I think they're really, Arkansas is really excited about these young linebackers, but they're still young and they're still prone to making mistakes. And so Kansas's offense in general is going to be an issue for Arkansas's defense um, just because of the nature of where the hogs are at, missing some of their best, you know, talent in the um in the linebacking position and then the secondary that's been an issue all year so that would be where i would say that's the issue we'll continue our conversation with taylor mcgregor of espn here in just a second but folks i gotta tell you about betonline.net being your number one source for all sports betting info stats and news and analysis and you get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, to World Cup, they've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find it at BetOnline as well. And they're always the fastest and easiest way to get on all of your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more over at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing our conversation with Taylor McGregor of ESPN, who's going to be on the broadcast and on the sidelines for the Arkansas-Kansas game in the Liberty Bowl. Taylor, I know that you had a chance to actually talk with Sam Pittman and talk with some players and everything kind of leading up into this game. And, you know, we've only been able to hear from Coach Pittman and some players really for like past couple of days and getting ready for the bowl season. So it's almost like you haven't – we haven't had a chance to hear much from them, but – just starting with Sam Pittman in your conversation with him, what what kind of stood out to you? What's his vibe? What's his mentality? Is he excited about it? Is he stressed out and looks exhausted? Like just what's your overall uh, feel of what you thought from Sam Pittman and, and talking to him just the other so day? So yesterday was signing day. You can imagine he was stressed out. It's a different age of college football, and he talked about it. You know, there's just a difference with having to recruit your own program now. The transfer portal. Of course, the high school seniors, who you're going to bring in. And then now with Arkansas, they were sort of late in getting a new defensive coordinator. So what does that look like? And so I think there, there's a lot of stress right now building 
the next Arkansas team going into 2023, as well as preparing for this bowl. So, you know, God bless Jim Pittman and his staff as they try to balance both. I think there's a lot of um, a lot on their plate right now, but it's it's to be expected this time of year. And, um, you know, the bowl game is certainly a reward, but right now almost it feels like a burden because there's just so much going on. So I'm excited uh, to get to the 28th. I think by then everybody will be able to take a deep breath and, and sort of enjoy the moment, enjoy Memphis, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think that one of the deals that with, with Sam Pittman too is just, you know, knowing the chaos of not only having to – recruit high school kids but recruit people out of the portal and then recruit your own team too so it, it, and that's what every coach is going through but it's just chaotic right now in college football but like I, I just I think that one of the things that Razorback fans have just been interested about is okay you, you went six and six you were like eight points away from going ten and two like you were just that close mm -hmm. to doing it but people want to know like why like why what made it go the way that it did like why would there be a game for Arkansas where like for against Ole Miss, they look like world beaters and just destroyed them. But then the next week they lose to a Missouri team that's not very good. Or, you know, they lose to Liberty in, in a way that they maybe should have won, but then they hold LSU to a to a 13 to 10 loss there, but they were so close. It just seems like people always want to know why the inconsistency? Why would they do really good one game and look really bad? That's kind of where people are trying to figure out and put their thumb on why that happened. It's a good question. I think you heard Sam Pittman talk about it, you know, better in the red zone, better secondary play. And then one of the things he mentioned was we he didn't feel like his team was well-conditioned down the stretch, obviously fired his strength and conditioning coach, brought somebody else in. But something that he said that really stood out to me is dealing with some of the negativity within the program. Because look, the expectations coming into this season we're about as sky high as they've been for a Razorback football program in recent years because of the way he's built this team in recent years. And you thought, okay, this is the guy, you know, KJ Jefferson is back. There's a lot of pieces around him. What will this team look like? And certainly everyone expected them to be better than six and six in the regular season. And so he was disappointed in a six and six finish, but what can happen in those types of seasons is a lot of negativity can start to creep in and he said it was the first time in his career where he would address the team and he didn't feel like everybody was listening to him and because of that he said there were different voices that players were listening to within the program and so the most important thing for him moving forward is to make sure that everybody in the program all the coaches are relaying the same message to the athletes so what I mean by that if if there's an offensive line who's upset about you know, maybe the play call, maybe his playing time, whatever. He doesn't have a safe haven within the program, maybe a strength coach, whoever it is to go and complain to. And, and if that person is saying, hey, yeah, I understand. Hey, you're right. You know, that's that's not going to help the program. That's just going to create negativity. And I think some of that was happening, you know, and he's now saying we need to make sure that that strength coach is saying, hey, you know, hey, you're not playing a lot. So let's get you better. Let's make sure that you're prepared to play in the SEC. And so instead of letting that negativity sort of divide the team, let that negativity be brought together and allow the team to grow, if, if that makes any sense at all. So I just think there was some negativity that wasn't handled properly, and, and he certainly has addressed it. And, uh, you know, you mentioned it. They were, I think, nine points away from winning four games, so four more games. So it, it, it makes a lot of sense that there those little things start to add up and and hopefully with some of the changes made for Sam Pittman's program, that's not an issue moving forward. 
See, that's a fascinating thing because, you know, we don't get to see from the outside, you know, what's going on in within the locker room. And, you know, of course, a lot of times coaches or players may give a very coaches and players answer to particular things. So it's really fascinating to hear about the negativity thing. Was that something that when you got to talk to the players, was it maybe mirrored? Like, did they discuss about that or talk about the negativity that's been going on? Or at least what would Sam Pittman was talking about? Yeah. So KJ Jefferson, when I was talking to him about returning next year and the things that he felt like he needed to really do in this time in bull season to help prepare and turn the page. One of the things he said was stepping up and being a more vocal leader and getting rid of that negativity. He said, allowing myself to step into those moments and say, all right, we're not doing this. Instead of, again, letting that negativity divide us, we're going to make that negativity bring us all together. Because look, it's a college football season. There are going to be things that happen that people are upset about, but use those moments to bring the team together and don't let it divide you. And so he certainly felt that. And um, and I think it's something that it's good that they were able to self-reflect and understand that this was happening within the program so you can fix it moving forward. Because I think if you're sitting here at the end of the year being like, how did that happen? How did we go six and six this year? I don't really have any answers. That's where you would be really concerned. But the fact that you can point to some things and say, oh, that needs to improve. I mean, Coach Pittman has already made changes. I think that's an encouraging sign for Razorback fans that they've identified problems. They've made changes. Now let's see how those changes work. Yeah, because I think that with way college football is handled and, you know, you got to have everybody on the same page, too. But that just goes to kind of make you think about, all right. So, you know, if the negativity or, you know, the people like Coach Pittman talking, but not everybody listening, you know, where how it does have a major impact. But it just makes you wonder if that was not going on. Was that the type of thing that could have been the difference in some of these games? You know, that could have been where, hey, if everybody was on the same page, if everybody was listening, if everybody was more positive than having the negative uh, division that was upon them. It, that just, it's like, it's not sometimes, yeah, it's about Jimmy's and Joe's. It's about play calling. It's about scheme. It's about all those things mm -hmm. that matter the most uh, during the game in the game. But with stuff like that goes on, in some cases you lose the game before you even start it because you got people all over the place and not really moving forward in the same direction too. Yeah. Look, I always sort of make fun of coach speak and, rehearsed answers where people talk about chemistry or they talk about the culture in the program because sometimes it just feels so rehearsed and so fake but there is such a realness to building that and building team chemistry and having a good culture because that stuff helps you win I remember watching the Texas A&M game and Katie George was the sideline reporter for that game and Katie did a great report at the end of the game and she basically talked about how players on the Arkansas sideline were crying and they were upset and and you could feel the emotion from her standpoint down there. And she relayed that to, to the audience. And now hindsight's 2020. And I look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a great point. You know, instead of maybe using that moment to rally, it was one of the first real adverse moments that the team had gone through because people expected them to beat Texas A&M. They had been riding high up to that point in the season. And so that could be a moment where again, instead of letting that adversity bring people together instead it sort of allowed the team to to grow apart and so um i'm i'm all for team chemistry and again i know some of it sounds like coach speak or whatever but there is such a realness to having a positive message and, and a consistent message amongst the coaching staff We'll continue on our discussion with taylor mcgregor of espn here in just a second on the locked on razorbacks podcast so stay with us 
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Taylor, I know that there are some things that are going on in college football that's even beyond this game. And I'm I'm curious because everybody wants to talk about it. Like, I think I've gotten the most listens and watches over a week, week and a half span on this podcast just because of Transfer Portal, NIL, all of that. Like, again, the game. this is the first time, I'm going to be honest, this is the first time since Arkansas was announced going to the Liberty Bowl that I, we've actually talked about the Liberty Bowl. And so, because <laughs> there's just been so much else going on. So, I'm curious to your thoughts. I've expressed mine. Transfer Portal, NIL, it, it's, there's, it's a very complex, complicated thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like anybody really likes what's going on. Like, whether it's, the, like, you know, certain aspects, all the aspects, but... What do you make of this whole deal with NIL portal stuff? And is there something that maybe can be changed or you'd like to see done differently to kind of help out everybody involved and make it a better product? So I I am not surprised at all by what's happening. I think when these were introduced, both NIL and the transfer portal, everyone knew it was going to be what they called the quote unquote wild, wild west. And essentially, it's like a free market economy, and it takes time to balance itself. And so there's so many things that are happening that when we look back in five years, there's going to be regulations. Just when these were introduced, nobody had any plan. It was just like, here's how this is going to go. Best of luck to everybody. Let's see how it happens. And so I just think regulations to some point, um, look, I'm I understand the player first mentality and giving players an opportunity to choose where they want to play and, and, you know, make these changes and, and, and get an opportunity for players to make money. I totally understand the hype and the buy-in by so many people when it comes to that, but I just think there needs to be more regulations. Um, And I don't have an answer for that. I, I should spend more time really thinking about it because I feel like, I'm always just trying to keep up who goes where, huh? What, how, like where, you know, and and then it gets to the point where you just assume certain guys will transfer. You know, I did a lot of Mac, some midweek Mac games this year and, and sort of the story with the Mac conference is they have a lot of really good quarterbacks and ultimately happens is some of these really good quarterbacks end up transferring up. And so at the end of the year, I'm just assuming, Oh, this guy's gone. This guy's gone. This guy's gone. And then you actually have to look and be like, wait, did he actually transfer? You know what I mean? So, so much of my time, I feel like it's spent just keeping track of where guys are and, and trying to understand the behind the things, things that are happening with NIL. You know, you've heard a lot of coaches come out publicly and speak on, well, you know, other schools are paying him more. Nobody will be the ultimate whistleblower, but I'm nosy and I want to know what's happening behind the scenes. And, and so I feel like so much of, what I do is just trying to keep up with what's happening. And um, so with all that being said, I should probably sit down and try to come up with a a better plan on how we make it better. But I do think there will be steps taken to ultimately make it better. I just don't know exactly what that is yet. Yeah, because I don't even have a problem with the portal. Like, I, I get it. I don't have a problem with NIL, at least in the spirit of it. I guess the biggest issue I have is when you have to recruit your own roster every year. Like that's problematic. Mm-hmm. When you got people that are reaching out to those players, to those players' families, whatever it is, and before they even think about transferring or wanting to get into the portal, they're basically getting told, hey, if you go into the portal, we'll have a spot for you. And when you come here, even we'll get some NIL for you. Like mm-hmm. it, it just seems like that is where 
some, that has to end. Like, but the problem is, is I don't know how. Like, may, is it something to where you start treating the NCAA or treating the student athletes as employees and you have them sign actual contracts like they do in professional sports? Like, is that the way that it's going to get fixed? Is it going to be, you know, something where it's like, all right, you come here, we're going to pay you this much, but it's a two-year deal? Like, I don't know. There's just so many things to where it should be fixed and needs to be fixed because i i feel for a lot of these college coaches which is tough to do since they make so much money but still like they're having the like sam Pittman, for instance he has to get ready for a bowl game he has to be able to go into the portal he also has to be able to recruit for signing day because essentially now is signing day and then on top of that every player on his roster that's good quality guys it's almost like he has to make sure hey don't go anywhere else. Stay here because I know people are going to come after you. That just doesn't seem like it's good for anybody involved. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, college football has just changed so much, and you've given so much power to the player, which, again, at the basis of that, you say, well, that's great. You know, these guys sacrifice a lot. But the problem I have with that is sort of what you saw with Arkansas this year and maybe the quote-unquote negativity that came into the program. Guys now don't listen to the voices they used to listen to. And it used to be so important when you commit to a program, all right, Sam Pittman's my coach, and I'm going to listen to him, and I'm going to buy in because I'm here. And this is where I've committed to being here. And because I've committed, that means I'm locked into staying here. But now it's like, Oh, well, if I don't really disagree, or if I disagree with that, then I have the power to leave. So you should change your messaging to appease me is the mindset that some of these players are taking on. And I think that's where all of this gets flipped and upside down and not fair. <clears throat> because, you know, if, if ultimately the goal is to make student athletes better people, then I think we really have to consider the way that this impacts, you know, their ability to, to learn those lessons. And I just think it's, um, it's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting world. It's one way to put it for sure. So, uh, real quick though, before I let you get out of here, what's on the Christmas docket for Taylor McGregor? Like, what? Well, I don't know if you, did, can you hear this piano that just started getting playing upstairs? I thought that was your ambiance that you had going on that maybe no, you were trying no. to like wrap it up here, like in the Oscar no. or something. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I hear that. This is, this is my Christmas plan. I'm at a home with a million and a half people in it, and it's impossible to get any, you know, any quiet time, which is good. Uh, so, no, it's it's, it's all good. Um, I'll be here, and then I'll travel to the Liberty Bowl, and then my sister's getting married on New Year's Eve, and then I'll leave the first, and I'm covering the Cotton Bowl for radio. So, it's a busy couple of days or a couple of weeks, I should say, um, but it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it, too. So apparently I'm, your house is the place to be where early in the morning you have piano. Yeah. 840, played. 840. See, I'm telling yeah. you, there's there's no quiet time. Yeah, um, but that's Christ what happens when you have a big family. Is it at least Christmas music that they're playing? Like, is there at least Yeah, some... I think it was the first Noel. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. No yeah. better way to end this uh, Locked on Razorbacks podcast, getting us ready for Christmas. Well, Taylor, I really appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, have fun there in Memphis, and I know it's you're excited about it being your first Razorback game, but enjoy the Liberty Bowl. Good luck on the call, and I know we'll be catching up with you at some point in time later down the road. For sure. Yeah, thanks. I feel like I should scream upstairs, Auntie, chill. Auntie, chill. <laughs> it's still the best. Yeah, 
so uh, good. Hey, I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you in Memphis. It's going to be a ton of fun. So have a great Christmas. You as well. Merry Christmas, Taylor. <laughs>